You're listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt, Christmas Eve Eve. So listen, man, I went out to Walmart like earlier today because always during the holiday season, I like to eat any food that has like a holiday version of it. So like what I bought today is chocolatey winter Lucky Charms. And it's Lucky Charms, but it's chocolate and it has marshmallows. So it's like the greatest thing ever. Like it's it's legit a mix between like Cocoa Pebbles and Lucky Charms. Because Lucky Charms are great in and of themselves, right? Like Lucky Charms is definitely in the conversation of electric chair meals, meaning I'm about to get the electric chair and the warden's like, what do you want for your last meal? And I'm like, oh, I like grilled cheese and chili, but a bowl of Lucky Charms sounds great with whole milk, right? So like, what do I do? But the chocolatey winter Lucky Charms, dude, they're on another level. So I am, um, I stopped by Publix because I want the holiday Oreos, the Oreos that are Christmas that have red filling, right? I get it. They taste the same, but they taste different, dude, because they're red and I want the holiday Oreos and I can't find the holiday Oreos, but I found the Lucky Charms, dude. So I get the wintry chocolatey uh, Lucky Charms and then I'm thinking in my head, like, dude, who else is going to have these holiday Oreos? Where am I going to go? Because I had looked at Harris Teeter yesterday and they didn't have the, the, the Christmas Oreos. So I was like, I'll go to Walmart, dude. And I understand like how dangerous of a proposition that is two days before Christmas to go to Walmart. But um, like I'm a pig, I'm a fatty, I'm a gluttonous dude. There are a lot of problems with the way I eat. And, you know, we're not going to go into those now. But I said, dude, like I, I really need these uh, these Christmas Oreos. So like I'll go to Walmart, dude. So I go to Walmart. It's packed, dude. I walk into Walmart and I look to the left. That's where the checkouts are. The checkouts are so busy, like you can't walk through it because the lanes are so far back. So I take like the long way around the store because I'm on the opposite side of the food, right? No matter what happens, when I go to Walmart, right, I'm never on like the right side that I need to be on. And as I'm walking through Walmart and there are people in there, there are people in there yelling, there are babies screaming. Everyone is at Walmart, Everyone in the world is was in that particular Walmart that I was in. They were either like cruising in automatic wheelchairs about to run me over. Like, what does everyone that needs an automatic wheelchair just like go to Walmart? Like, what the hell, man? It's like a prerequisite to shop at Walmart. Like, it's the cool thing to do if you're going to go to Walmart. Like, when you're in sixth grade and you have to have a pair of Jinko jeans, if you're going to shop at Walmart and do it right, you better get fat and get in that electric wheelchair. And dude, so I'm walking through Walmart and I feel like this negative aura, this like dark cloud go over me. And up until I go to Walmart, I'm having a great day, dude. Like I feel phenomenal about myself. Like I've been to the gym, you know, like I, I did some bicep curls and I did like some shoulder presses and I'm like, dude, early start on the new year's resolution, right? Like I'll wait and like clean up the diet like sometime after the new year, but it's all about the baby steps of just starting the workout process, right? I don't need to change my diet now. Don't tell me what to eat, doc. What do you know, right? I got a fast metabolism. Like, give me that sugar. And like, I'm, I'm having a great day, dude. Like, I've been to the gym. I'm like, I've read a lot of baseball stuff. Like, I've, uh, I've, I've done pretty good for myself. And uh, did I mention I went to the gym? <laughs> yeah, dude. I won't have to go for like another two weeks. And like, all of a sudden, I start to feel bad about myself. I start to feel negative. And 
like maybe like there's a parasite inside of me, like some sort of creature that's like taking over my body. And then I, I, I realized that the same thing that's happening to me when I walk into Walmart is exactly what happened to Sandra Bullock and all of the people in Bird Box, the movie Bird Box on Netflix, where if they open their eyes and they see like the aura of the creature, they become like possessed and want to hurt people or kill themselves, right? That's what they do. So in Bird Box, when they like see this like thing, when they open their eyes and see, I, I, I'm gonna, no spoilers, but be wary of a spoiler alert. All I'm saying is in the show Bird Box, Something happens and they want to kill themselves or hurt other people. That's all you need to know. And like their eyes go crazy. And so like that's how I feel when I walk into Walmart. Like Bird Box, when I walk into Walmart, like I see the white trash that's in Walmart and I want to hurt people and kill myself. Like that's what happened when I went to Walmart today. I didn't find the freaking Oreos, dude. I've been to like five grocery stores. I cannot find the holiday Oreos. It's my greatest thing ever, man. But it's, I love at the holidays, man. If you got a holiday version of something, get it. Holiday Oreos, uh, holiday Lucky Charms, holiday Captain Crunch. Dude, I'm a big cereal guy, man. Um, like all of like the Little Debbie cakes, like the Christmas tree cakes and the Christmas cupcakes, dude, get in my belly. Dude, it's great, man. Great, dude. Okay. So check it, man. Um, besides uh, my fat ass bringing you the show and uh, all the delicious holiday treats in the world, they're, they're all the talk, dude. The, like the coolest thing going in baseball right now is like the Bryce Harper Machado free agency. And you know what I wanted to tell you guys about is there's like a sneaky little thing that's happening in baseball that's not named Machado and Harper, and that's the two-way player. Obviously, we all know what Shohei Otani did last season, you know, like a over 900 OPS and a 331 earned run average, like what he did last year, you know, we've not seen since Babe Ruth was doing those things back when he was actually getting his gluttony on and stuffing his fat ass with hot dogs, right? So hold up, dude. I've just discovered in a way I'm the Babe Ruth of baseball podcasts where he drank whiskey and ginger as soon as he woke up and just ate a bunch of food all day. Like, I eat sweets all day. So, like, I'm stuffing myself with, like, Oreos and cupcakes, Little Debbie cupcakes, so I can provide you the best news. Holy crap, I got goosebumps. But it's 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 a two-way player, man. And what's really exciting is the Tampa Bay Rays got a cat by the name of uh, Brendan McKay who was pretty successful last year in single A and high A, pitching really well and hitting for power. And that was great. He was a fourth overall pick in 2017. Now, in 2018, the Tampa Bay Rays drafted another two-way player, and they're going to allow him to go two-way in the minors. They already have. His name's Tanner Dodson. And this is really important because what Tampa Bay, they're known for doing things and being really innovative, and I love what they're doing for baseball, man, and for their real small market. You know, I hope they can keep their baseball team because there's word is that they could lose it after 2021 when the lease runs out. But what I'm saying is this, man, the two-way player is super exciting. Tampa Bay's doing it, and I believe they can be successful at it. Shohei Otani has really paved the way for the two-way player, and Tampa Bay, the way they think, right, they're so far ahead of the curve, they're kind of like... Albert Einstein or like Elon Musk, you know, where like they might be a little crazy, 
but what they do works, you know, minus like the pot and the flamethrowers. But last year we saw with the Tampa Bay Rays and the way they used the opener. This was a Tampa Bay Rays team with, I think, the second lowest payroll in all of baseball. They won 90 games. And in a really good division, well, kind of a, a good division with the top two teams. Everyone else sucked. But what I'm, I'm so excited about this two-way player thing because I think it's going to catch on. So Tampa Bay, early on in the minor leagues and rookie ball, they're finding success with the two-way players, and they're going to continue to do so. They're going to draft kids that were two-way players in high school and college and kind of just let them do the same thing. And this opens up a whole new world for um, – and baseball, as far as like entertaining is concerned, uh, one of the things I think I love most about the two-way player is in any sport, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's phenomenal to see athletes push themselves to new levels and do superhuman things that me and you can't do, right? So, for example, I bought a soft toss pitching machine for myself like uh, last summer, and you know I'm um, six foot one plus. Um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fairly big dude, right? I'm about 205 lean. Um, so I'm not nearly as fat as I say I is, but I, that I say I is, I just eat shitty, right? Um, I'm a pretty big dude. Um, and I can't hit the ball 300 feet when you just lob it up to me, man. It's, it's a really hard thing to do, to do sport well. It's not easy. And even if you're really good at sports, it's not a hard thing to do, right? I'm, I'm a god-awful athlete, and I'm pretty athletic. So um, it's it's like to see athletes do things that you know you can't even comprehend, that makes sport so much more fun. It's like your favorite athlete's like sort of like a superhero. And when it comes to baseball and promoting the game and getting fans who aren't fans of the game to watch baseball, because I think right now – in many sense, baseball is irrelevant to most sports fans. It's very common to be at work and hear someone in the hallway talk about college football, college basketball, and football, right? Every city's a football city now. There aren't really baseball cities out there. And that makes me nervous for the game of baseball, kind of like in the long haul, you know? I want baseball to do good. And I like the idea of the two-way player because I feel like this could really help the game and get people watching the game because, unfortunately, baseball's not in the best position right now as far as fans are concerned. You know, with all the, um, like, people, like, not coming to games anymore. And, you know, the scariest thing to me when it comes to baseball is when you talk to most sports fans and ask them about baseball, I oftentimes... You know, I'm full of myself, and I tell people I have a baseball podcast. <laughs> Not really. But, you know, it always comes up that I have a baseball podcast. When I talk to people, I talk about sports pretty much all the time, all sports. And when I tell people I have a, a baseball podcast, they'll say, uh, well, it's just baseball. I'll, t- I'll tell them, yeah, it's just baseball. And they're just kind of like, oh, cool, you know, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't really watch baseball. I don't care about baseball. And I, it's, it's a little alarming to me. And that's where, like, I think most sports fans think baseball's irrelevant. I'm going to say most baseball fans, most, like, sports fans think baseball's irrelevant. It's like they don't hate baseball. They don't like baseball. They just don't care about baseball. And in any sort of situation, whether you're a pro wrestler or a pro athlete or have a podcast, people better love you or people better hate you because if they don't care about you, that's an awful place to be. 
you know, like John, John Cena said it, and I get that thought process from John Cena. When he said a few years ago, I think I was listening to the Chive podcast that he was on, and John Cena's always a baby face, always a good guy, and he was asked about being the good guy and getting booed so much. And John Cena's answer was along the lines of this. He said, well, I don't mind to get booed, and I sure don't mind the cheers, but the moment I get no reaction, I'm in trouble. Because it's kind of like they're thinking about you, you know? They love you or hate you, but to just not care about you, that's a bad spot to be. So I do love the two-way athlete that can hopefully be built in baseball, you know, on on the backs of guys like Shohei Otani and Brendan McKay, I think, will be really good. This is a kid who went to Louisville, played single A ball in Bowling Green, and then went down to Florida for high A at the end of this last season. He plays first base. He's starting to hit for power. His average hopefully will come up, and he's a phenomenal pitcher. Mid-90s fastball can pitch really good. He strikes out more than a guy in inning. Great stuff. Kind of same way with Tanner Dodson. Man, he went to California. He's a phenomenal athlete, and he's doing both to the point to where – you know, he's going to progress through the minor leagues. And hopefully by 2021, the Tampa Bay Rays will have two guys that can both pitch and hit. And Gosh, I think it'd be so exciting for the game. Just the gameplay where maybe Tanner Dotson's playing center field and Brendan McKay's pitching. And then because maybe there's a right-handed hitter up based on matchups, they might do some shuffling. Tanner comes into pitch. Brendan goes to first, the first baseman goes to the outfield, like just the gameplay and the excitement that can be behind it because these athletes are doing stuff that no one can do. And then the strategy that just goes into this game, it'd be phenomenal, the two-way player. And also it will make teams that, you know, are in smaller markets be able to compete more. You know, one of the things baseball needs more than anything is competition in the game as it sits right now. There have been, you know, unnamed GMs say that at this point in the offseason, maybe 10 teams are planning to be competitive and be aggressive in the free agent market. And even some GMs think that number is four to six. And in the offseason, you know, you have 30 baseball teams. And if only maybe somewhere between four to 10 of them are actually competing heavily in the offseason, that's a scary thing. But if you've got teams, that are maybe able to have two-way stars and can be more efficient in other areas and maybe they can afford to sign big-name free agents and then we have more competition. I would love that. And I think the two-way player can give us more competition but also more excitement and more um, more attention from people that are non-baseball fans, man. Just the two-way player is so exciting and hopefully, you know, it happens more. I know the... Seattle Mariners picked up a guy named Caleb Cowhart, who they're going to try as a two-way player. They picked him up off um, waivers, I think, from the Los Angeles Angels. And what it is is he's not really been a great hitter at the pro level, this Caleb guy that the Mariners are going to try out. But he was a phenomenal pitcher coming out of high school. And so they're going to pitch him and try him as a two-way star. So what I know of right now, there are two teams that are working on three two-way stars right now, and then you have Shohei Otani, and it's just an excellent way to push these athletes and, you know, make the product better, so I love the idea of a two-way player, and it's one of those things that's so early in the process, you know, you won't see it talked about a lot, you know, if you really have to be a Tampa Bay Rays fan to know about Tanner Dotson and Brendan McKay, but, um, you know, keep an eye on those guys, man, the two-way star, I'm super excited about it, and sort of speaking of the Rays, I'm going to keep this, uh, 
like I said, we're gonna I'm gonna record like shorter episodes and do maybe only like 15 to 20 minutes at a time because one, it's easier for me to record that way. And then two, I think it'll be easier for you guys to listen to it because you can easily find the information you want where if I'm just recording shorter podcast episodes that are on one subject, you know, if you want to hear about Bryce Harper or two-way athletes, you can do so. And um, since, oh crap, crap, hold on, hold on. I got to tell you this. So the San Francisco Giants signed a pitcher that's ambidextrous. Right, that's fancy talk for he can pitch with his left hand and his right hand. And apparently he pitched for the Dodgers last year pretty damn good. In 2015, listen to this. Um, I'll give you the guy's name in a second. But in 2015, this pitcher, his last name's like Vendetti or something. He pitched for the... Um, he came up to the big leagues in 2015 with the athletics, and in one inning, he pitched both left-handed and right-handed. It's amazing. His last name, his last name, shoot, um, hold on, Venditti, Venditti, um, I still don't know his name, hold on, I'm going to tell you, but either way, so the, the, the Giants, um, the Giants have signed this guy. Pat Venditti, he is a baseball pitcher. He's 33 years old, and he can throw left-handed and right-handed. When he made his debut with the Oakland Athletics, in one inning, like he faced a batter. The first batter he faced, he pitched with his left arm. Then the next batter he faced, he switches gloves and pitched with his right hand. Now, what has to happen um, with the switch pitcher is when a batter comes up, uh, Pat Venditti has to determine and let them know if he's going to throw with his left hand or right hand. He can't switch throwing hands mid at bat. But, like, so this, this guy's going to be cool to watch because the Giants, they also need to run on efficiency. And this guy's legit can pitch with both hands. And it looks like it's natural, like, for him just to pitch with both hands. Like, do this. Okay, so I took an improv class um, this past year, like, in September. So I'm going to keep doing a lot of improv. That's why this podcast sucks so bad. Hopefully, if I get good at improv, I can do a better podcast. And it's like an exercise to work, like, the opposite part of your brain. Um, it's beneficial to write the alphabet backwards with your left hand. And I don't mean backwards, like, from Z. I mean backwards, like, with your opposite hand, the one you don't write with, like write the letter A, write the letter B, and write the letter C, but write those letters backwards, right? And it's supposed to um, help you use like the other part of your mind kind of just to um, maybe become more creative and just use that other part of your mind. I, I don't know the science behind it, whatever. I just do it, dude. And um, so if try to right now, dude, try to write with your left hand. If you're at work right now, maybe you're sitting in your desk bored out of your freaking gourd, Write with your left hand, dude. You'll look stupid. The writing will look like you had a stroke and you're writing while you're stroking out. But, like, better yet, dude, pick something up and throw it with your left hand and or your right hand, whatever hand you work with. We're equal opportunity lenders here. Um, you'll look like a dumbass if you do it. If you try to throw something with your opposite hand, you're going to look like an idiot. But this Pat guy, dude, go to YouTube, type in Pat, V-E-N-D-I-T-T-E, because you're at your desk not doing shit. Type it in and just watch him throw with his left hand and his right hand. It's freaking amazing, man. And he's going to do it, dude. The uh, the Giants going to let him do it, man. It's pretty rad, dude. Hopefully, um, 
you know, Giants suck, dude. I don't know if he can, like, you know, help pick them up out of their crappy hole that they're in. But he's going to be fun to watch. Now, I don't know if, like, Pat Vendetti's, like, going to usher in this, like, new wave of just, like, doing stuff with both hands. But, like, his this Pat, dude, his old man just taught him to pitch with his other hand, like, when he was a kid. So he just got good at it, you know? And I think, like, shoot, man, like, in the 2018 draft, this last draft we just had, I feel like the Yankees drafted a catcher. They can throw with both hands. It's completely nuts, dude. And, you know, maybe 20 years from now when we have hoverboards and all that crap, we'll have switch hitters and switch pitchers. Like, that'd be really fun. You know, emphasis on the hoverboards, though. Um, uh, hoverboards, please. I would like a Michael J. Fox hoverboard. Apparently, dude, apparently hoverboards are physically impossible. Neil deGrasse Tyson said it on the Joe Rogan podcast. Hoverboards are officially impossible, dude. Breaks my heart, man. Really does, but I'm going to save for a helicopter.